Warning, this podcast may contain Uranus jokes. Previously on the Loyal Littles podcast... I don't remember what Joe Montana was repping, but I got to go from um, work lunch there that we had here in Columbus with my colleagues, and I had to leave early. I said, I got to go, guys. I need to go interview Joe Montana. And I went over across town, and he was at an embassy suites. And I just went up to his embassy suites hotel room, and I sit down with him with a PR guy just sitting at the bed, basically. And I'm at a little table. And I interview him. I said, well, first off, I want to tell you, you broke a little nine-year-old's heart in Super Bowl 23 when you beat them. And he looks me dead in the eye and he says, good. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast. On the WTFC Podcast Network. Hey, Roxy. Hey, Chuck. Hey, Hey, Littles. Littles. Roxy. Chuck. Happy belated Valentine's Day. Happy Love Day. <laughs> oh, is that what you call it? <laughs> yeah, it's lots going on. Valentine's Day snuck up on us. Oh, well, should I say yeah. it snuck up on you, not me? It but, did. <laughs> um, and Super Bowl, lots to catch up on. But let's start with this. We had a little ditty from Lee Gordon, episode 80. He says, I'm going to make what I expect to be a somewhat controversial comment about this episode and the pod in general. Now, he's meaning our last episode. Uh-huh. He says, I'm pretty sure it won't make Chuck happy. I don't like how where this is going, Lee. That's all I'm going to say. It says, I like it when people don't fill out the form. Chuck's reaction to the bury the lead moment in this last episode was so much better because he didn't see it coming. In fact, if everybody filled out the form in great detail, would there even be bury the lead moments? Okay, fair well, enough. Yes. That's fair? Very fair. I guess it reminded him of when I found out who Jamie Julian's husband was. <laughs> That's the li- that's the ultimate one that I was like, holy cow, I had no idea. I guess that's fair. That's mm-hmm. all I can say about it. It makes our job a little easier when we're doing said interviews so that we can kind of direct it in a direction. But I, I hear what you're saying. I, I do. But with that, even when we do direct it into a direction, oh, as goes, you say, we still find Barry the lead moments. Oh, we've got some coming mm-hmm. up that I'm like, what the hell just happened? Wasn't on the form. Again, I say it's frustrating, but I don't mean that in a way like... In a oh, bad way. It's right, not, not a bad, in a bad way. way. It's in a good way. But it usually happens like five minutes or less when I'm ready to take a break. <laughs> and then I'm like, I can't take a break now. I mean, <laughs> he just told me he met Joe Montana or somebody, you know, something like that. I'm like, how am I going to take a break now? Right. So it, that's when I say things like that. But I mean, they're great. I yeah. Mean, it's all great. I mean, this is why we do this. Mm-hmm. We love meeting the littles. It's so great. Let's get some housekeeping out of the way. We haven't done this in a while. Save the date, August 5th. August has a holiday. Summer of Littles 5. five. August 5th. It can't be oh easier than that. August 5th, Summer of Littles 5. Mm-hmm. It's the same number. I don't think he did that on purpose, but it works. So, yep. I mean, that's the first Saturday of August, and that's when yep. it always is. Summer of Littles, save the date. If you want to get in touch with Bob, just go to the website. Summeroflittles.com. And you, all the information will be there. I haven't been there in a while. We'll have yeah, to click we'll on have that. Yeah, we'll check it out. And you can be a host or just find out. He's not. T- they're not taking reservations yet because not all the places. We haven't even gotten that far. Right. But make sure you keep the date open so we, you can pick a place to go. And then the ultimate, I would say, save the date. Because, A, this is the first we've sort of heard about it. Mm-hmm. And second of all, it's before Summer of Littles. Yes. So, hot off the press from Joe Arrow on, I think it was Facebook. It says, so, Jerry Negrelli hasn't made it official yet, but Jingle Fest weekend is in the books for June 23rd, 24th, 25th this year. Somewhere in the DMV. More details to follow from Jerry himself. Can't freaking wait. Right? So, hello, Littles. Save that weekend. Yes. Maybe even more. Mm-hmm. I, I remember last year, there were people showing up on Thursday. Yeah. Anyway, save that weekend. It's going to be a blast. Yep. Uh, we had a correction from last time. I felt bad about this. Oh. Because Brad Phillips' wife, Kate, sent was very nice and sent us a copy of her book, Today I Feel... And we had said, I don't remember, I think I said it was a, a pug. Yeah, and it's actually their dog, Mo, who the book is about, was actually an English bulldog. Yes, and that was my mistake, too, because I said pug as but well. the listeners know Roxy doesn't make mistakes, so yes, hey. she does. No, okay, and uh, it's a great book. Go check it out. You can find it on Amazon and places like that. Mm-hmm. And get a copy. It's really cute. It's great for kids. It's, and for it's, Roxy. And for Roxy. It's <laughs> great for everybody. Go, go get a copy. 
All right, then we had to come back to this. We did this about, I don't know, like three weeks ago. Debbie Mittman, episode 67. It said, can you give a shout out to Stoopsy, episode 199, on or around his birthday, which is February 18th. That's coming up. That's this Saturday. Yes. Now, the reason we're doing it today is because we're not sure what's going on for the weekend. Right. Roxy's going out of town. Yep. So we're not entirely sure we'll have a weekend episode. So I wanted to make sure we do that because I do think this might be the closest episode to his birthday. Yes. All right. Now let's move on to real quick. Let's go back over the Super Bowl a little bit. Uh, I'm, everyone knows the Super Bowl, what happened. You know, we heard all the analysis on the big show. We don't do that here. But just a reminder, this final score was 38-35, the chefs. So Tiny Chuck's happy. If you're following Chuck on Instagram, oh my you, gosh. you should be because they posted the most adorable pictures of him and their, what, two, not even two-week-old daughter yep. in the Chiefs onesie. Mm -hmm. uh, and he's so cute. Yeah, holding her. Uh, how great is that? I know. The first game they ever watched and they win a championship. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah. just great. Now watch the poor. She won't remember it, but oh, he'll of course tell her not. about it. He'll tell her about it. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, watch, they won't win another one her entire life or something <laughs> like that. So anyway, some things I wanted to bring up, though. We'd kind of last episode, we just did, hey, who you got? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, first things first, let's remind the audience of exactly what was said. So first, we went back to a Friday Five like two, three weeks ago. And this was the great Dan Byrne. All right, Dan, what do okay. you got? <laughs> what do I got? Yeah. Give me, let's. Thirty-four to twenty-eight. Okay. Chiefs over Eagles. Okay, that was pretty darn close. That was very close. Thirty-four, and and actually, let's not forget they kicked that last-minute field goal. Mm -hmm. So I mean, they had thirty-five, and the the final score was thirty-eight. But he said thirty-four. I, that's pretty pretty great, especially because that was weeks ago. That was not just yeah. before the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. That wasn't him knowing the two teams in the Super Bowl. That was like two and a half, three weeks ago. Yep. There was like six, seven, eight teams left. Mm -hmm. So to me, that's amazing. But yeah. then if that wasn't good enough, let's not forget what Ritz said last episode. Ritz, who you got? I am going, I'm leaning to Kansas City. Uh -huh. I think it's going to be a close game. Okay. I think it's going to be a higher scoring game than people are anticipating. And I think it's going to be, my prediction boldly is that it's going to kind of be a lot of scoring in the second half. Ah. Going out on a limb, 34-31 Kansas City. All right, Littles. Wow. I mean, he gave us analysis. Yeah. Well, not really analysis, but he, he said going to be a lot of scoring in the uh -huh. second half. I mean, last quarter, all the scoring. It's wild. He almost nailed it. He, he did. almost completely nailed the score. Mm -hmm. I mean, now we'll never do the picks on this show. We don't do that. And actually, we've gotten compliments about that. <laughs> that they're glad we don't do that. But I'm I'm starting to think we might want to consider it. Now, Dan said his cat could come on and do some picks as well. <laughs> now, if they're half as good as Dan Burns picks. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. we're in good shape. We got mm -hmm. Ritz. We got Dan Burns. We got Dan Burns cat. Now, yep. don't worry, Littles. We're not going to do that. But <laughs> I mean, I just thought that was amazing. I mean, I. Yeah. Yeah. That was great. Okay. Now, let's get to the other important part, the commercials. Okay. okay. Let's recap mm -hmm. the commercials real quick. Did you have a favorite? Now, you, Roxy was late uh, to the party, so to speak. I <laughs> she, forgot that I had a scheduled rehearsal for a tap group I belong to. Now, little, And I didn't put two and two together that February 12th was the <laughs> not only the rehearsal, but also Super Bowl. Yeah, but I don't put this on you. I put this on the instructor. Like, who does that? It is funny. We got to rehearsal and she said, yeah, I kind of realized after the fact that it was Super Bowl. Um, sorry. I'm like, why didn't you all say something? Like, well, anyway, so, all here. so we had a friend over. Yeah. Chuck's hosting. So you caught just the tail end of the first half. Yes. And then the rest of the game. So, but you saw quite a few commercials. I saw Did a few you have commercials. anyone highlights? Did you like one or? Oh, actually, I liked the, I forget his name, but it was the guy dancing for the girl who was on hold on the telephone. And he gets out, I think it was a Bud Light commercial. Okay. I or maybe no it wasn't Bud Light. About. It was definitely a beer commercial. I think. I, thought, I guess you'll have to Google it. I something. thought it was such a cute idea. Yeah. If you're on. She's on the phone dancing? She's on the phone, but she's on hold. So you hear the hold music. Right. And she's just sitting on the couch, bored out of her mind, you know, waiting for the call to actually go through. And he decides to pull out some beers, toss her one, and like dance to the hold music. And I thought that was such a nice okay, you know, I missed that bonding one. Completely. experience. Yeah, you might have been cooking All right. tots or something. Oh, maybe. I, I did a lot of cooking. Um, I was hosting. Okay. I forget his name. So my notable ones are just the John Travolta. Yeah. Now, I heard through the grapevine that, that was he did that for Olivia Newton-John, apparently. Mm. That was like an homage to her okay. uh, to pay respects to her and yep, stuff like that. Yep, yep. It was a little rough for me, though. 
Well, of it was, course. No, it could have been great, is what I'm saying. If they got some of our jingle writers. He's not the same. No, it wasn't Danny just Zuko. him. It was the other two guys. It was the lyrics. It mm-hmm. was, I don't know. It just didn't fit right to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It could have been better. That's okay. all I'm saying. If you get okay. John freaking Travolta, yeah. you got to do better. You sure. know? And I forget the other two that were in that commercial. But all right, then we also had this Caddyshack mess. I think I missed that. Uh, no, you were around. Because I, I said you, well, because I said you don't, you're not even getting this, are you? Because I forgot you have seen the movie, but it's oh. been a while. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I just, first of all, I didn't know until I was listening to the big show that Tony Romo was in it. Okay. Mm. Tony Romo played the Bill Murray part. Now, the other guys getting replacements, I get, and I just didn't, because I mean, I'm sorry, no one's going to be Ted Knight. No one's going to be Rodney Dangerfield. Sure. I get what they were going for. Mm-hmm. So A for effort. I'll give it A for effort. But I mean, I'm sorry. At the end, was Bill Murray not available? I was like, maybe not. You go with Tony Romo. I mean, he better not have been if that's what happened. That's all I'm going to say. Because I think so that would have been. Did you like any of the commercials? I'm getting there. Okay. I'm getting there. Okay. So anyway, there's that one. Then the E Trade Babies. I missed that. Oh, one. you missed that I one. I definitely okay. missed that. Now one. I was thinking that would be the one you would like because mm-hmm. Roxy, as we know, loves her bad lip reading <laughs> football segments. And then sure do. who was it? Sure. I think Greg Sharamita sent us one that was in the politics. It yeah. Was in the, yeah. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, that's what that reminds me of, even though they're not bad lip reading, but mm-hmm. it's, you know, the babies dubbing other voices, the yeah, adults. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Those are great ones. Now, the other thing we talked about was the prop bets. We just quickly did the Gatorade. So <laughs> yeah. just from, now I will say this. Now we didn't get it. No. What did you say? Orange? Blue. You said blue. He said, I think, orange. I said red. Yeah. But I did say, watch, it's going to be clear or something stupid like that. I said, at least let it be purple, I believe is what I said. Uh-huh. So I believe as the saying goes, Roxy, I almost had that. You almost I had almost that. I almost had that. Mm-hmm. The I wrong. wonder why they chose purple. Well, I might have a reason for you, Roxy. Really? Now, this is totally not related, but this is from our good friends over at needtoknowfacts.com. Okay. Maybe they'll sponsor the podcast. Maybe. Wouldn't that be nice? How about this? Did you know no other words rhyme with purple? Purple. While you may think orange is the only color that has no rhyming words, there is actually a second. Purple is another entry on the long list of English words that have no perfect rhyme. A perfect rhyme is a word that rhymes perfectly with another word as opposed to an imperfect rhyme, which can sound like it almost rhymes but does not actually. Yeah. Purple has no perfect rhymes and only a very select few imperfect rhymes. For example, the word turtle sounds like it almost rhymes with purple, but it but is an imperfect different. rhyme. Mm-hmm. I see that. How about that from our good friends at needtoknowfacts.com? Thanks, friends. I just thought that was interesting. All right, Roxy, speaking of bury the lead moment. Now, we didn't have a bury the lead moment here, but we had a very similar situation. That's okay. all we're going to say. We had an imperfect bury the lead moment. Maybe that's what we could call it, Roxy. That's perfect. <laughs> or is it imperfect? I don't know. But we're going to find out because we'll be right back with Meet the Littles. Hi. This is Mitchell Klein from Northbrook, Illinois, and you're listening to the Loyal Littles Podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. your hair as it glitters in the sunlight perhaps your smile when you smell that rose the way you walk as you move up to kiss me that sends vibrations to my toes nobody knows we are being played in this episode by Lainey Boldy, and this song is called What Makes You Love Someone. Now, if you like what you hear, you can find all his stuff on his website, LaineyBoldyMusic.com. That is L-A-N-N-I-E-B-O-L-D-E-M-U-S-I-C.com. Or if you need to reach him, you can send him over an email at LaineyBoldyMusic at gmail.com. And as always, we'll play the full song, What Makes You Love Someone, at the end of the podcast. Is it the way you look at the children? Your loving eyes as you touch their face? Nobody knows. All right, all you loyal littles. It's now time to meet the 
Littles. Roxy, how excited are you? I'm excited. This All is right. really cool. Let's just bring him in. Please welcome to the podcast, Noah Petro. Hey, Noah, how's it going? I'm fantastic, thanks. How are you guys doing? Oh, we're fantastic. And Roxy, let's. should we just get it out of the way? Yeah, let's do it. Now, I know the Littles. You don't even know. Well, most of you probably recognize the name. Yeah. But just in case, we're going to get this one right out of the way. Are you ready? Uranus jokes. Not funny or never not funny? Uranus jokes are good for business. They're funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, good for business. I like that. That's excellent. Yeah. Well, let's uh, find out why, shall we? <laughs> Noah, what we do is we normally yeah. just turn it right over to you. Take us back. Introduce yourself to all the loyal littles out there. Tell us a little something about yourself. Sure. So, um, yeah, my name is Noah Petro, and you may recognize the name from some of the space topics that sometimes come up. I am a planetary scientist at the Goddard Space Flight Center in just outside of D.C., and I've been on the show a couple times to talk about space stuff, most recently to talk about the comet, before that to talk about the James Webb Space Telescope, and my, my first appearance was back in 2017 to talk about the total solar eclipse. So I've, I've been on the show a few times to, to talk about space. I'm a, a space scientist and periodically write in to talk about the moon and why the moon looks different on different nights and <laughs> why sometimes the sunrise doesn't shift the same rate as the sunset and things like that. So I try to bring some scientific knowledge, some planetary science knowledge to the show with a good dose of humor and making fun of Eagles fans whenever I get the chance. Ah, okay. Well, we're going to get to all that. But I take us it. way back. Yeah. So you off air, mm -hmm. you said you grew up just north of the city. But where'd you go to high school? Where'd you go to school? Did you go to college? I'm assuming you did. How'd you get into this yeah. field? Yeah, it's a great Great question. And so I grew up in Bedford, New York, Westchester County, about an hour north of New York City. Went to a school called the Fox Lane High School, a nice big public high school serving a couple different towns in Westchester. Uh, it was there that I got interested in geology. I had some amazing science teachers, and they opened this world of geology, of earth science to me. And coming out of high school, I wanted to be a science teacher. I thought they had looked like what they had was the most fun job in the world. So coming out of high school, I knew I wanted to become an earth science teacher. I went to Bates College in Lewiston, Maine, and from day one, I wanted to be a geology major. I wanted to study science and education. Along the way, I got, ran into a professor, sort of my um, eye-opening moment there, who, who pointed me in the world of, of planetary science, that you can study the geology of the planets, which I had not known about. And uh, Professor Gene Clough was an amazing mentor and guided me on this career path. Basically, he set me off to uh, do a summer internship in northern Arizona. And from there, I learned about opportunities in grad school. I went to Brown University to study geology, planetary science. Got a PhD in 2007. And after that, went and started a postdoc, uh, basically a sort of a post PhD internship at the Goddard Space Flight Center. And two years later, I got hired on there. So I've been there ever since. Wow. All right. Lots That's of dissect so cool. there. Let's go back. Yeah. You wanted and, and to be a science teacher? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, no, I, I wanted, well, it's probably no mystery. I'm a bit of an odd person, but in high school, I had these opportunities to do things. And actually, I think there's a, an interesting relationship to littles throughout this. I had in my ninth grade year, I studied earth science. I took earth science. Most of my friends had the opportunity to skip earth science and go into biology. Now, I, I have two physician parents and I wanted to stay away from biology as much as possible. Yeah. Right. I thought living, I hated that. Yeah. So I took earth science. No friends in my class. But what happened in earth science is that we developed this camaraderie. The earth science teachers, the three earth science teachers that I had would let people have students have lunch in their kind of prep room. And so we'd be surrounded by rocks and we'd have this little cluster of misfits having lunch together. At the same time I'm doing that, I was doing stage crew. I was doing technical theater productions. I was doing sound mixing for shows. And we were this gang of misfits as well. You know, we weren't in front of stage. We weren't. And so in high school, I kind of built this identity around groups of people who were like-minded, who were kind of outsiders, but also, you know, enjoyed each other's company. And so that was an amazing experience to be part of these groups that, you know, we all liked earth science. We liked geology. We would go camping together. We would do these things. And that made this community of people, like-minded people who we could enjoy each other's company and kind of support each other, whether yeah. it was stage crew or in earth science. And so I thought, wow, look at this thing that me as a student, but the teachers, they, they liked it. They were encouraging of it. And I thought, boy, that looks awesome. I want to do that. I want to recreate what they've done for students in my own classroom mm -hmm. at some point in the future. So that's why I thought teaching 
is what I really want to do. And, and I've never lost that interest. I just have lost that opportunity to be in a classroom. Right, right. Well, that's so great. I mean, see how something impacted you so much that you want to recreate it. Mm-hmm. And I'm t- I was just giant, kind of joking. Science was hard for me. That's why I was like, <laughs> really? Yeah. Um, but no, because I was also curious because, you know, there's so many, there's obviously there's chemistry, there's biology and earth science, at least in my high school, that mm-hmm. in the reverse order, so yeah. I, like you said. But it's so funny that you brought up stage crew because the same kind of thing happened to me and our chemistry and biology teachers were the advisors for the theater department. Mm-hmm. And so we did have mm-hmm. that kind of bonding, so to speak, and exactly mm-hmm. kind of what you were saying. Now, earth science, the only thing I remember about earth science, is that the one where they make the clouds for you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we did that. We, we would make clouds in what effectively were bongs, let's just be honest. And, you know, we would... But I never it was, oh yeah, yeah. I, I remember that. And I, I was a little but, sheltered know, was, in high school. <laughs> I feel but like in, I need to share that story. No, the funny thing about this is, I know I've mentioned this many times. My parents were both cops, so I grew up with cops. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now okay. we had a big house, and the downstairs, my dad had his office. Mm-hmm. Okay. My dad was mm-hmm. the chief of police, so whenever they would confiscate stuff, it would come back to the oh. house, and it'd be in the office until he had to turn it over to the state. I don't even know actually if what mm-hmm. happened. You know, if he, who he turned it over to. I Right. turned it over to somebody but unlimited bongs and all these things <laughs> yep. in our, and I never even knew what they I saw them but I didn't no idea what they were and stuff like sure. that it's so funny that you just said that because I had no idea yeah. but anyway, you're kind of right now that oh. I know what I know but, okay. but what was great though at the time in ninth grade I didn't but the kids taking earth science with me did so I learned a lot through yeah. that not just you how did. clouds are made but about the world in general but yeah it was eye-opening now okay so I'm genuinely I was kind of trying to follow along Bates College you said that was undergrad right Yep. Now, Undergrad, yep, four years what, there. What made you pick that? Did they have a good science school? Now, that's a liberal arts college, I think, right? It must so be. A liberal arts college. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I wanted to stay in the Northeast, mm-hmm. roughly speaking. I wanted a school where that had geology, that had a good geology program, and had an education program. Because I, I basically, when going into college, I knew that when I walked out, I wanted to be able to teach high school okay. earth science. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to go get a geology degree and this other thing. And so that filtered the schools. And Bates, it was one of those things. You walk on the campus and it just felt, ah, this is it. This is yeah. the place. Yep. Geology program, education program. I could get a Bachelor of Science degree. I could walk out with exactly what I thought I wanted. Yep. And similarly to the high school experience, you know, instead of it being a group of 20 kids, either in stage crew or in our science, it was 1,600 kids. And we all had the same camaraderie of, hey, we're all on this together. Of course, I had instances of being with the geology group or on teams or things like that, where you had that same sense of camaraderie and kinship with people that was so valuable in my experience. Now, how big was the school? What was the total students? 1,600 students total. So the whole school, not just the, the your program. Okay, the that's where I got school. confused. Okay. No, because yeah. it's so funny that you're saying this. We marry each other in all that. I stepped on <laughs> the Hartwick College campus, and uh-huh. I had the same exact feeling. And I wish I didn't because it was so freaking expensive. But I did. I felt like, yeah. oh my gosh, I'm home. You know what I mean? It's yep. it's that feeling you get, and that's why I was interested because I obviously bachelor of science here too, education, yeah. never used it, but that's what my degree's in. <laughs> See, I chose mm-hmm. my school because A, they offered tap classes, and most mm-hmm. schools with dance programs or theater programs, it was all ballet and modern. So my school, I went uh, to Wagner on Staten Island, mm-hmm. small mm-hmm. liberal arts too. I also, at the time, wanted to see if I could double major in theater and education and ah. Wagner was mm-hmm. the only school that told me that it was possible to do both oh. mm. because both majors required so much of their students that most schools are like, no, you got to pick one. Okay, yeah. But yeah. Wagner was like, no, we can work with you on this. It's going to be hard, but you can do it and we can help you find a way to do it. But, you know, it was one of those things where I stepped on the mm-hmm. campus and all of these, they were able to check off all these boxes that I had at the time. And the campus was beautiful and the proximity mm-hmm. to the city. So it was just, it was a no brainer for me. So get into the, you know, let's go into the NASA stuff. How did you sure. transition to that? Yeah. So it, it all happened because in October of 1997, my intro geology professor was gone for a week. And so we had a substitute and a guy, Gene Clough was there for the week. And he said, we're going to talk about the moon this week. And I thought, Oh, I like the moon. My dad, who we'll hear more about later on, my dad got me interested in exploration and space and NASA and so, well, this is cool. And it was that moment, that week with Gene in this intro geology class that I said, ah, maybe this is what I want to do instead. Mm-hmm. And so he and I started working really hard at how do we take this Bates undergraduate experience 
that is not usually geared towards planetary science and make it something that is because that's what I Noah wanted. So we worked really hard to kind of figure out, okay, well, let's take this course and, you know, here's how you can focus what you learn on this course into something that's relatable to, to planetary science. And so for four years, I worked extremely hard, not only to meet the requirements of this program, but also make it a program that was meeting my needs, my interest in planetary science. And so coming out of college, I applied to one graduate school, which I don't recommend for anybody who's going to grad school, but I was confident, arrogant, but also comfortable because if I didn't get into grad school, well, I could go off and teach. And so I could really came to this fork in my career where I either go to grad school or do this other thing. Brown University accepted me. I went there and worked with pretty much the only person in the country who was accepting students at the time to work on the moon because for so many years, research in the moon was was underfunded and really underappreciated. And that put me on my path. Six years at Brown and in Providence, I come out of there with an opportunity to come work at NASA, which is the dream come true. I never thought I could do it. Never thought it was an option. And come, lo and behold, at that time in 2007, NASA and the rest of the country and the rest of the world is getting interested in the moon again. And here I am coming out with a PhD with an interest in the moon. And there's a job market that needs lunar scientists. Yeah. And I hit the ground running. Wow. Uh-huh. It's like serendipitous almost. Is yeah. that the word? It, it really is. Yeah. I mean, I'm the, I am the luckiest person in the world. And this all came from having a sub in one of your classes. Yeah. That's amazing. If I never met Gene, if yeah. I'd never gone to Bates, I don't think any of this would have happened. Wow. It's, and it's that one choice to take that one class. And yeah. I've been in that class. I look back on all of the things that have happened in my trajectory. And so much of it comes down to a choice that was made without knowing it was a big deal. In eighth grade, I decided to take her science. Mm-hmm. I got pressure from guidance counselors not to do it. But no, I wanted to do it. Had I caved in or not been given that choice or someone made that choice for me, and I take it by a totally different career. But yeah. all of these little moments that nudges me one way or the other. And here I am. Yeah. And I, I, I cannot count my blessings enough. Life has a funny way of working out like that. But Dozel, <laughs> didn't, didn't it piss you off? I'm sorry. No, he, mm-hmm. just, he just gave me another moment flashback from my life. Yeah. With these guidance counselors or these teachers. Yeah. That, Telling you not so, to. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just, I, I'll so, never forget the one time I got, I guess I was talking in class. I don't remember. I wasn't paying attention. The guy took me out into the hallway. Now, we had an adjunct music professor from the middle school who would come over to teach Mm -hmm. adjunct class at the high school. So he's not really a full-time high school teacher. So he claims he felt out of place, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, how dare you walk by and listen to what this guy's saying and not just stop and say, what the hell, man? Yeah. Like, he was literally, he witnessed. The guy was literally in the hallway, took me out of class and saying, you know, you better get your head on straight and get serious and you better stop about all this music nonsense because, you know, this was a math class. Not going to take you anywhere, yeah. Right, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And I was just like, how... you know, that was the one reason. Talk Chuck's about mad. talk about a grudge. That was the one reason I mm-hmm. wished I could win a Tony Award someday, mm-hmm. so I could publicly, publicly out this person. Yeah, and I probably wouldn't now because I'm older no. and more well, mature. We... But seriously, I was yeah. waiting. For, you know, I want to have that speech on national television so I can say, "Screw you, man." Yeah, I did it. You know, kind of thing. Anyway, well, and just a quick go back on that. You know, I, I made that choice. My guidance counselor called my mom. Dr. Petro, we have a problem. And my mom was so excited because I was not a troublemaker. And she's like, finally, Noah did something, got in trouble. She goes and she says, Noah wants to take her science next year. And my mom says, yeah, okay. So she says, well, if he's going to become a doctor, he has to take biology. And my mom is sitting there, a plastic surgeon, a big deal doctor. And she's like, are you kidding me? He wants to take her science in ninth grade. Let him take her science. He yeah. likes it. Oh, well, but, but, but all his friends are, no, 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 no. He wants to take her science. Right. So, you know, I had that support at home to say, hey, follow, go your path. Yeah. Yeah. But it is interesting how people underestimate, especially in younger people, middle school, high school kids who maybe do know what they want to do. And people underestimate Uh that and think, oh, well, you don't know any better. So let me guide you. But it's like, if the kid knows what they want to do, just let them do it. And I think, you know, the arts and sciences are so underappreciated. It's not like I said I want to be a drug dealer. Right. You know, it's, it's not like we're trying to go in a direction. I mean, there's that, like maybe some chemistry involved in that. I mean, that, with maybe? us, it I would be know. different because most people mm-hmm. are like, no, no, you don't want to go into theater. You yeah. want to get a real job. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, listen, no, I know we've got a ton more to I get know. into, but we are, but we're up for a break. Yeah. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with Meet the Littles. This is the Loyal Littles Podcast with Chuck and Roxy. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast. And Roxy, how lucky are we to have Noah with us today? This is so great. This has been so much fun. But another one, Roxy. I think we should just get this out of the way. Let's rip the Band-Aid off. Yep. Noah, Star Trek or Star Wars? 
no question Star Trek. Um, I can go into a whole diatribe about it, but I'll just leave it there, Star Trek. Let's get back to you. Yeah. First of all, let's knock this right out of the way. What's your sports yep. fandom? So um, I, <laughs> I'm a Nationals, Washington Nationals okay. fan. Baseball yep. is my near and dear to my heart. Um, I grew up in New York. but was a Cubs fan growing up because I would come home from school and watch WGN. And of right. course, the Cubs at the time played yep. only day games. And so I watched I, I like to joke that Harry Carey was my babysitter as a kid. Ah. And, and so I was a Cubs fan. And then I became an Expos fan because I've always liked the underdog and kind of the weird outlier. And no more team is more outlierish than the Montreal Expos. And then in 2005, they moved to Perfect. Washington, D.C. In 2007, I moved to Washington, D.C. And so they're my, my hometown team. And then I, I root for the, the Nationals pretty nice. hard. Excellent. All right. Now, let's get into Tony. This is a lot to unpack here. But how did you first yeah. become a little? How did you become a TK fan? So like a lot of things in my life, it goes back to my dad. My dad lived in the Washington, D.C. area throughout the 80s and 90s. And so I got exposed to the sports writer, Tony Kornheiser. I also got exposed to the world of Washington, D.C. sports, of going to the formerly, the, the pre- predecessor of the Washington Commanders team. I got exposed to going to baseball games at RFK Stadium when they were here. I got exposed to Duke Zebart's restaurant in D.C. And so all of these little nascent things that have become part of of Tony's universe that he calls back to watching Tony on the sports reporters show on ESPN, seeing his appearances on the George Michael sports machine, all of these different things in the DC area. I became aware, of course, living in DC in, in the New York area. I didn't get to see that read him in the paper all the time. But my dad then later on would tell me about this radio show about this guy who would talk about old guy radio. And so my dad would introduce me to the world of Tony Kornheiser and Tony Kornheiser and the radio of banning people for asking how he's doing, stuff like that. And that just sort of got in the back of my mind. Oh, that sounds pretty fun. And then, of course, PTI comes along. And in 2007, as I'm preparing to move to the Washington, D.C. area, I started listening to the podcast of his radio show because I'm about to move to this area. I'd like to learn a little bit more. What better way than to listen to a actual D.C. area radio show about D.C. traffic and the world of D.C. And so that was my hook when I moved to the DC area in April of 2007 to start listening to the show daily on my commute or listen to it on podcast. And it just kind of evolved and grew out of that. So just curious, is your dad still around? My my dad is still around. He's, he lives in the, um, actually in Catasauqua, Pennsylvania, where he grew up. Uh, And so he is a a little as well. He listens. And so I, you know, we'll hear from him after my appearances. And he's the OG. He's the original little (laughs) lineage. Um, He moved out of D.C. in about 2002, 2003, but still keeps in touch with the uh, through the podcast. And, you know, again, he and I share a lot of common interests, baseball. Tony. Yeah. Well, let's get into this then. I mean, I'm sure he's proud of you for all these NASA type things. Mm -hmm. But what was it like for him the first time you were on the Tony Kornheiser podcast? Was that like a dream come true for him? (laughs) Well, I think it was, it was, again, this odd combination of things. And and again, what I think made him most proud is not just that it was on, but I was on at that point to talk about space, about the eclipse. And so he saw this universe and this opportunity for me to harvest a little bit of that education experience, to harvest, to, to talk about this thing, this eclipse that happened and work in some education. Hey, here's what happened. Here's how it goes. And so I think when he heard that and any other of the subsequent appearances, it is this, oh, you know, Noah is not just on yammering. Well, I, I am actually just yammering, but I'm also trying to yammer with some content and, and educate and inform and, and also get other people excited about what's going on as well. And I think that part is what's exciting. It's it's sure being on the show is great and, and and talking to Tony, but talking to him and not I mean not that I have a book to promote, but like hey let's talk about why we have eclipses. Let's talk about why comets are exciting. Let's talk about the excitement behind James Webb Space Telescope and get other people excited and engaged about it. And yeah. I think for him hearing that excitement and trying to get other people on board the science bus is what's most gratifying. And let's talk about why Uranus jokes are so funny. I get it. I get it. <laughs> okay, I have a quick question. Um. How do you feel about Pluto? And I Oh, good question. I feel horrible mm-hmm. that Pluto got demoted and who is it Neil deGrasse Tyson who did that? Who like spearheaded that maybe? I don't know, I could be wrong, but I feel bad for Pluto and I think it should have stayed a planet. But why is it not yeah. a planet? <laughs> I thought it got put okay, back yeah. in. I don't think so. No, Pluto under the current definition is not a planet, but I'm a big tent planet guy. Okay. I think because the term planet let's use the planet at, at hand. You have the Earth and you have Uranus, two completely different objects, right? Yeah. I mean, they could not be more dissimilar. The Earth is a small, rocky planet with water. 
with this atmosphere. Uranus is a gigantic ice giant in the outer solar system, but they're both planets, but effectively as dissimilar as possible. So I'm of the mindset that if you, by calling something a planet, it gives it a certain prestige, uh -huh. but it also becomes part of our education system. You learn about it. So when you take Pluto out of that, you say, well, we're not, it's not going to be the planets that we learn in the classroom. There are other objects in the solar system that I think should be included in the big tent of a planet definition. So I'm pro Pluto as a planet, if only as part of a way to learn about the diversity of objects in our solar system. Okay. How's that for an answer? That's fair. <laughs> well, was she right on who the person was? Yeah, yes. So Neil deGrasse Tyson was part of the advocates for not including it in the classification of planets. I have lots of bones to pick with that particular individual, but this is just one of them. <laughs> like, seriously, and, who the hell is know, that? My like, dad will be get... really proud because he's read, I think, a couple of his books, and he had a TV show Mm -hmm. um, a couple years ago, quite a few years ago, and he would watch yep. that. And, you know, my dad knows my disdain for the fact that Pluto got demoted. So I think he'll hear this and laugh, probably. <laughs> I used to think, I was thinking back to, like, someone who, like, failed an exam, a really important ex exam, based on naming the planets or something, mm -hmm. and left Pluto <laughs> off, right? Mm -hmm. But they're like, oh, you forgot one, you fail. Like, didn't graduate high school. That type of, like, right. could they go back and sue now? You know, like... Sure. <laughs> You know, Absolutely. Like, who decides, like, oh, we're just going to now leave this off? I mean, because so, it's not like one so, of these where it's offending people or anything, right? I mean, that, that it stuff. It offends I, me. No. Well, that stuff I get, you know, as far as like, okay, we're not going to do this anymore yeah, because right. it's not appropriate. Right, I mean, right. There, that's not this. So there is the International Astronomical Union, the IAU. <laughs> they assign names to things. They're the governing body across the, the globe that says this is what this is. And they were the ones that said this is our definition of planet. And that then, therefore, excluded Pluto and the large asteroids and, and other things in the solar system. So they're the governing body. So they, what they did in this case was they got together experts and debated it and eventually had to weigh in one side or the other. And yeah. there's a camp on the Pluto is a planet and a camp that's Pluto is not a planet. I mean, I, the other thing, I'll be honest, is I, you know, it doesn't really matter. Pluto is still there. It's still fascinating. Yeah, we learned right. a lot about it when we flew by. However, I do think educationally it's important to have there because it is so interesting and we now know so much about it because we flew a spacecraft past it and so right. it's a right. missed opportunity and right. i hate those missed opportunities in science okay wow i like that answer this has been fascinating <laughs> Noah, thank you so much for coming on to meet the littles this has been so educational i mean i think i have more questions but that's okay oh, let's keep going fire away I, I was gonna go to the fun dumb questions but if you have more educational questions i don't know i mean this could <laughs> okay be, well you can this mix could them be in. this could be dumb too but do you believe that a, that there's other life out there, and B, mm -hmm. do you think we as human beings can survive somewhere else? All right, Roxy, I might need a drink for this one. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> so that's a great question, and that's it. Is there life, when you say life, is there other life that looks like you and me with arms and legs and mouths and eyes, or are there single-celled organisms or plants or blah, blah, blah? Elsewhere in the entire universe, I think there's a, a really strong likelihood that something that would classify as life yeah. exists. Yeah. Again, amoebas, single-celled organisms. Now, we don't know where that is. We think we know where they would be, okay. where they could live, where, where, you know, the environments that that could satisfy that, but we don't know where that is. Do I think that there's higher-level complex organisms and other? Maybe. But again, we have no evidence for that yet, and that's one of the, the yeah. main thrusts of what NASA is doing is trying to find those places, those environments where life could exist in other solar systems elsewhere in the universe. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking Star Trek right now, like Borgs. Are Borgs out there? Um, <laughs> so, Is yeah. Chewbacca out there? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want. Well, the planet, but we're trying to find Kishik, right? Yeah, we're trying sure. to find that planet where right. Chewbacca could live. And so James Webb and, and other telescopes are, are doing that right now as we speak, looking for those planets. Hey, That's where so can cool. life exist elsewhere in our universe? But right now, we, we have not identified. Yeah, right. But that's charge number one for NASA is, hey, where is our place in the universe? Um, I think it's incredibly arrogant to think that life could not exist anywhere else. Yeah. But it's also a reminder, the Earth is a very special planet, and it's very special, not just because it has humans on it, but all of the ingredients to support life yep. that we don't find anywhere else in our solar system and is exceptionally difficult to find in other solar systems as well. So life is incredibly special, but takes a real important and special environment to foster it. It's incredible. This is fascinating. It's incredible. And, you know, it's funny. I just had, like, my inner Tony moment because, you know, I've heard him say the same exact words, and I'm just like, oh, he's putting on a show because it's his guest on his pocket. This is truly fascinating. Yeah. So, I mean, great. But I, I kind of want to know, more importantly, though, if you could be a cartoon character <laughs> for a week, who would you want to be? 
If I could be a cartoon, I, I watch a lot of Thomas the Tank Engine these days. He seems to have a pretty good experience. Nice. I, I, unfortunately, well, fortunately or unfortunately, the, the answer I heard the other day is Calvin. I mean, Calvin and Holmes yeah. was a very influential cartoon in my life. And so it'd be hard to say Calvin had it wrong. I think I identify with Calvin. I have a stuffed animal. I still have it named Hobbs. And so I will answer Calvin. Final answer. Nice. <laughs> if you could live in any TV or movie home, what would it be? Okay. I'm going to go Brady Bunch. That okay. house is pretty fly. Yep. And the AstroTurf backyard was pretty sweet. So yep. I'll go Brady Bunch. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. This is a brand new one. If you could speak mm-hmm. another language, what would it be? Latin. Mm, um, that's a good one. So much, yeah. I mean, I, I took a little French, and I'm sorry, a, put, a petite amount of French in, in high school. Didn't really stick, but I think Latin. It'd be very useful. It'd make me a better writer, I cool. think, if I mm. learned Latin. Cool. Yeah. If you could have dinner with anyone from history, who would it be? All right, so this is a sappy answer. My grandfather, oh. my dad's dad, and I never got to meet him. I, it'd be fascinating. I might hate the dinner. It might last 10 minutes. But that that's always been my first answer wow. would be my grandfather. That's great. A more fun one, I think, Tom Hanks. Ah. He and I have a lot of things in common. He, of course, did Apollo 13, the miniseries from the Earth to the Moon. He's yeah. a huge Beatles fan. He loves Monty Python. I think he and I would have a lot to talk about. So. Did you like him in the remake of Pinocchio? Uh, I did not see that. Oh, okay. uh, Pinocchio right. gives me nightmares, so I haven't seen uh. it. <laughs> <laughs> Roxy and I watched that recently. and yeah. we'll, Maybe we'll talk about that sometime. Yeah. Not right now. Let's not. Yeah. I'm going to hit another one from a little. What mm-hmm. talent or skill do you wish you had? Music. I wish I could perform music. Mm. I love listening to music. I love talking about music. I was a DJ in college, and so I love playing music and sharing my enthusiasm, but I cannot play any instruments particularly well or well at all. I did perform in a gamelan music ensemble in college, which required no musical talent. I showed that in spades, but I wish I could play piano or guitar. Nice. Right. Okay. What do you think is the greatest invention of all time? Oh, man, I have a good answer for that, too. And greatest invention of all time. You know, I'm going to go counter to Tony on this one. And I think the Internet's a pretty great invention. Okay. I think as much as it's brought a lot of pain, it's changed the world in some positive ways. It's allowed not just things like this podcast to occur, but, you know, the sharing of information, the accessibility of knowledge, I think is pretty remarkable. To have a more technical answer as well, I'd say lasers are pretty important because these come in a critical part of everything that we do. um, And they go unseen. So wow. I'll, I'll go internet one, lasers two. Okay. All right, excellent. Roxy, you want to end with some rapid fire quick? Sure. Coke or Pepsi? RC Cola. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> That's a famous one, or uh, what's Dr. Pepper is another one. I think so. That yeah. I don't want to answer. Uh-huh. Dr. Pepper. I'm going to take that as a win for Pepsi. I'm just, saying, Actually, just saying. RC, and the reason that RC Cola is because at Yankee Stadium for a period of time in the early 90s, that's all they served. And I thought really? it was the weirdest thing. So that is weird. Yeah, it's bizarre. It's just, well, it was, I mean, come on. Everything with the Yankees is a little bizarre. Yeah, Um, true. I will say full sugar Coke is my final answer. Real Uh, Mexican, European style. Uh, Oh, I would use that too. Uh Okay. Yes. Crunchy or smooth peanut butter? Smooth. It's what my kids use, and so I have to have it, so. Well, okay. I mean, Roxy uses smooth. I still have a jar of Crunchy in the house. I'm just saying. Yeah, we have both. (laughs) Again, if I'm feeling fancy, I'll go with the Crunchy, but if I'm making oatmeal for my kids, it's got to be smooth. (laughs) <laughs> Otherwise, they won't eat it. <laughs> Wait, you put peanut butter in your oatmeal? Yeah, it's awesome. It's life-changing. Go for it. Wait, really? I'm sorry. I'm Bury sorry. the on. lead moment yeah, here. Yeah, hold on. This could possibly be... <laughs> Let's get a little more information before I hit that buzzer, Roxy. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> yeah, particularly my oldest son, my 12-year-old. Quick oatmeal in the morning. Dollop of peanut butter, chocolate chips. It's basically like eating a candy bar. It's amazing. It's a breakfast of champions, to be honest. <laughs> Okay, we're trying this. Yeah, as soon I, I'm as trying we get to. I'm having phone. a hard time trying to figure out the consistency. I guess I don't know. Maybe so just a dollop. Okay. Just a dollop. All right. Okay. Okay. Not, okay. not a splash. <laughs> not a, All right. You take your fork. You take your knife. You scoop it in once. Yep. You just drip it in. You use the spoon to kind of paste it off, and you stir it in when it's still kind of liquidy. Peanut butter oatmeal. It's, it'll change your life. All right. I'm not going to hit the buzzer, but it's definitely the bury the lead moment because I don't think I've ever heard of that. No. Ever. Over 200 really episodes, good. never heard of that. Extra protein, too. Yeah, right. All right. Well, Noah, can't thank you enough for coming on to Meet the Littles. Plug everything. How can we reach out to you if you want to be reached out to? And can we follow you anywhere? (laughs) Yeah, so I am on the Twitters. This is... There, so there are multiple Noah Petros on Twitter. One who is actually impersonating me, which is an odd experience, but that's neither here nor there. I am at N-E-Petro on Twitter. I'm also on Facebook, but I'm 
not particularly active on that forum. And on Twitter, I'm kind of just enjoy the experience and have had a lot of littles reach out. And it's just always a thrill. And I'm again, I'm, I'm so privileged to be part of this group, just like all of the experiences in my life where I'm surrounded by like-minded people who enjoy being a bit of outcast and, and part of a team. And so I'm, I'm thrilled to do it. So hit me up on Twitter. Or you, you, know, you can also follow the, the work that I'm doing uh, if you go to at NASA underscore moon. And that's a great place to keep track of what's going on with our wonderful moon. We'll alert you as the next full moon and uh, eclipses and things like that. So, so start there and enjoy learning more about our nearest neighbor in space. All right. And we'll make sure we put all that there in the show go. notes for you. So uh, we really wow, appreciate it. And as an homage to the big show, we'll get you out of here on this. Over or mm-hmm. under? Okay. So again, no answers. I know you're, you ask a scientist a question, you're not going to get a one-shot answer. For me personally, over. But as a father, as a parent, under because it's much harder for the kid to, yeah. to roll yep. off a whole bunch of toilet paper. So in personal experience over, but for my family under, okay. how about that? How about both sides of them right there? Do That's you think boom. you'll ever switch <laughs> it as the kids get older? Oh, of course. Once my youngest son demonstrates responsible toilet paper use, a hundred percent. But until then I'm not interested <laughs> right, in replacing all the toilet paper. Teach after him every right. trip. Love it. Love I was going to say he totally will bond the question, but no, no, we're good. We're no, good. that's I, good. I, I respect that. Yep. Okay. Yep. All right. Well, Noah, thank you so much again for coming on to Meet the Littles. We know they're going to love this. We really appreciate the time. That's my pleasure. Anytime. I love it. All right. All you loyal listeners. We'll be right back. Hi, it's Frank Lynch from Park City, and I am listening to the Loyal Littles podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast. And thank you, Noah, for coming on to meet the Littles. What's so that funny? fun? What are you laughing? You're like about to burst into tears laughing. What's going on? I was holding in a yawn. Oh, she was holding in a yawn. <laughs> well, I'm glad Noah kept your attention. So that's great. No. Chuck. As, no, come on. They know we do those ahead of time. <laughs> We're just joking. It's me that's keep, you know, I'm the one that can't hold her attention here. So I guess we better get to the emails before okay. Roxy falls asleep. Okay. Now, I went down a little trip down memory lane. I Googled the whole Arena Bowl from 1999 because okay. I just had to know. But we heard from Jason Bullet episode 31. But we also heard from Tim Cree, episode 107. And he just basically was pointing out things that I already found out. But the, or, it was the Orlando Predators was the name. It was Albany Firebirds against the Orlando Predators. Now, the interesting thing I thought was it was a four seed against an eight seed wow. that year. So I thought that was interesting. But Jay Gruden was the coach of the Orlando Predators. Now, I couldn't believe that when I found that out. That was so interesting, I thought. But Roxy's looking That's at me so like... so interesting. Roxy has no idea who Jay Gruden <laughs> is. I love that. Loving that right now. Sure. I'll tell her when we're done. <laughs> All right, then we heard from Bobby Gottfried, episode 12. Now, he found this quote. Now, this blows my mind, okay? But it's for, uh, a quote from Chris Draper from uh, the Stanley Cup in 2008. Oh, okay. Okay, we've been having a lot of this discussion yeah, yeah, yeah. about the people cup. getting baptized and whatnot. Well, that's not the only thing that goes on in the cup, Roxy. Of course not. Uh, now, this is in the middle of a statement. So it says, but no indignity, real or rumored, compares with what Draper's newborn daughter, Karen, diaperless, did in the cup in June. And this is a quote. A week after we won it, I had my newborn daughter in there and she pooped in the cup. That was something. We had a pretty good laugh. He then says, well, we cleaned it out and I still drank out of it that night. So no worries. Well, of course, if you put a newborn diaperless baby (laughs) in anything, chances are they're going to poop. So, but this is proving my point. (laughs) Now, the next guy that gets it, he baptizes his kid it with it or whatever maybe you know right that, I, this is not something it's not but then know. they clean it and it's fine but still i just i don't know there's <laughs> something about it. i've seen other things i've never seen a baby poop in it i mean that might be on the edge for me yeah yeah but because i don't think there was water in it at the time they probably just probably just took a just dump sat in it, in it. <laughs> sadder in it yeah <laughs> That's what babies do. Oh, I'm not criticizing the baby. They I hope cry, no one thinks sleep, that. Sleep, eat, and poop. I hope I'm certainly not doing that. I mean, Chuck would be all over me. Tiny Chuck would be all over me on yeah, that. Yeah, right. All right. So then next we hear from Dina Damascus, episode 53. She wrote in, catching up on podcasts. Um, my second date with the man to whom I am related by marriage was Naked Gun 33 and a third. Oh, dear Lord. Then she writes, which is better than Caddyshack. Now, I don't know about that one. I'm a big 
Naked Gun fan. Don't I get me wrong. I haven't seen it, so I can't say. But you haven't seen Naked Gun? I don't think so. Any oh, of them? Great. No? Add it to the list. We're adding it to the list. Well, I know. Here's the thing. Because I know I played that opening of Family Guy for you. Yeah. And then I played, because they did a spoof on that one time, which was brilliant. Mm-hmm. And I know I played, then I had to get out Naked Gun, the original probably. And then, but they do that almost at the beginning of every movie. It's yeah, a standard thing. Yeah, I think thing. I've seen a preview of it. You've made. I don't remember which one, thirty-three and a third, is. If that's the one with Reggie Jackson and the Queen, I don't remember. But um, <laughs> yeah, anyway, we're we're gonna get on that, Littles. Don't worry. All right, Roxy, what's next? All right, we heard from Bob Walsh, episode thirty-nine. Chuck wow, and Roxy. That's a long time ago. I know. Some random thoughts provoked by recent episodes. One. Had I gotten the Star Wars versus Star Trek question, I confess I would be torn. The woman to whom I am related by marriage and I are fans of the Star Wars episodes four through six, as we saw episode six while we were dating, so it has special significance. Star Trek, the original series, has similar meaning as we watched the reruns at 11 p.m. on WPIX on our black and white TV in our little apartment in Jersey City, including one memorable night when Connie had the good sense to wait until the show was over before going into labor. (laughs) At the end of the day, I think Star Trek wins out as Roddenberry used it as a vehicle to address social issues of the day. Example, the first interracial kiss on TV was in 1968's episode Plato's Stepchildren. On the heels of the Supreme Court's decision in Loving versus Virginia, which held that laws banning interracial marriages were unconstitutional. Two, not be forced to watch a movie made before one was born. Patrick Smith is espousing that Jason Fuse position that no one should be forced to watch any movie while listeners to the former Speaking of Tangents podcasts knows that I believe Casablanca should be required watching for everyone. I know for a fact that Nigel from The Big Show agrees with me. That is a great movie. Three. Well, stay tuned. Go ahead. Three. Finally, as someone who participates in road races, let's face it, most of us are not going to win. So there is nothing better than having your significant other greet you at the finish line. On this score, the woman to whom I am related by marriage went above and beyond one of the times I ran the Marine Corps Marathon, humble brag, and cheered me on from multiple points on the course. Suck it up, Chuck, and get your ass out of bed. Now, wait a minute. I, that was not what I... All right. Well, see, this... Is, this is so wrong. I keep getting thrown under the bus for these things. I'm the one that was the runner. Yeah, that's true. No one came out we to have, see me. We have yet to have me be in the position of running and him be in the position of getting up. So to be fair to Chuck, yes. Thank you. Thanks for sticking up for me. The jury's what out. What am I supposed to say? Bob Walsh, eat it now? I mean, like, what, what, what's going on here? All right. Now, speaking of Casablanca, is that how you say it? Blanca, Blanca, Casablanca? Casablanca. Casablanca. Okay. Roxy. Now, this is, we haven't done this in a long time because of the pandemic, but it's coming back. It will be in theaters Ooh. March 5th and 8th, I think, are the dates. Yeah. Ooh. On the big screen. I would see that. All I right. I would see that. It's the Fathom Events, mm-hmm. and we've done those. TCM, I think. Yeah. Probably, yeah. yeah. We've done them all the time. Uh-huh. We used to love, we go to all these. We went to Wizard of Oz, My Fair Late. Did we do My Fair Lady? I don't remember. But I mean, then we did the we other. We did Roman Holiday. Yeah. We did. Yeah. And then we did the m- newer ones like Jaws. Dirty Dancing and Jaws. and those <laughs> th- Anyway. But yeah. So it's coming back. Casablanca, uh, March 5th and 8th, I believe. OK. So we'll have to look up if it's. I'm assuming it'll be in one of the theaters here. I'm somewhere. sure. It's a good movie. Chuck. All right. I've never seen it. It's good. I've never seen it. It's good. I think that'll shock some people maybe. But all right. And then so this kind of came up as a talking point. We wanted to like ask the littles this okay so littles <laughs> fill in this blank for us maybe we, should we talk about it or not maybe I think we should just say fill in the blank and then we'll come back and, and talk we'll about come it back and talk about it okay so littles just fill in the blank no skin off my blank now be good <laughs> don't go there you know who i'm looking at uh but no no skin off my blank we'll play a little match game match game <laughs> I, i'm Genuinely curious because then, in all fairness, then I heard by the skin of my blank. Right. So there's a difference. By the skin of my blank or no skin off my blank, be good. <laughs> and I'm just, we're just curious because it came up and we were talking. I don't Chuck know how had, it came up. Yeah, Chuck had a fill in the blank and I had a different fill in the blank. And then we set, we well, found I, a, I was a, like, I don't think I'm right. I was like, I'm not right. Blank. So, and I thought I wasn't right either. So we're going to do some homework on this exactly and get to the bottom of it. But that was something fun that came up. We thought we'd share with you. Let us know your thoughts. Yeah. By the skin of my my blank blank. or no No skin skin off off my my blank. blank. Okay. (laughs) All right. We're just curious. All right. And then Roxy, before we get out of here, big thank you. Big, big thank you 
to all the littles who participated in the Valentine's Day. Yeah. We got some posts, and I'm going to try to add the link. There is an article that a local paper did about this project. Ooh. Now, we're not mentioned in the article, I don't think. I, I just kind of read it a little bit. But no, no, Garrett Thurlow, mm-hmm. the third grade teacher, mm-hmm. he has reached out to us, thanking us. He said the students love the Valentines. You have to read the article, though, because it's really great. Yeah. They have this big map put up with all the you know strings to the the oh, places where they're cool. from and attached to the Valentine. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's really cool. Oh, that's awesome. So all of you that reached out to them, uh, I believe it was the Jamesons that got us involved. Yep. Adam Jameson, little mm-hmm. Adam Jameson. And that was just a great idea. I and know, it, that's it, so It's fun. really great. So I'll post the link to that article in the show notes. You should click on that if you get a chance. And uh, just thank you. So, and that's all the time we have, unfortunately, Roxy. Roxy's heading out of town. I am. When are you coming back? Saturday. All right. So I have to have all the out-of-town guests out of the apartment by then. Unless they're littles. Unless they're... (laughs) And let the party continue. (laughs) Let the party continue when Roxy gets back. Yeah. I see. All right. Well, that's all the time we have. Tell everyone how they can get in touch with us. You can go to our website, loyallittlespod.com. It's all there. Find our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, email address. Guestbook. All the things. It's all there. If you do listen on Apple and iTunes, please don't forget to go over there and give us a nice written review. It does help. Mm -hmm. And once again, thank you so much to Noah Petro for coming on to Meet the Littles this episode. That was a lot of fun. And most importantly, Roxy, remember, if you need a grip for your stick. Go to stickgrip.com. Did I do it right that time? Mm -hmm. I did. Okay. Fog-free eyewear. Go to fogfreeeyewear.com. And if you're buying books, go to... Aaronsbooks.com. And don't forget to use our code in the comment section. LLPod. Got to do it in the comment section. You'll get 15% off. Wow. I mean, hello. You'd be a dope if you don't do it, right? Don't be a dope. Don't be a dope. Just use the code, people. Bye. Oh, I like the moon. It's awesome. It's life-changing. Go for it. your hair as it glitters in the sunlight perhaps your smile when you smell that rose the way you walk as you move up to kiss me that sends vibrations to my toes nobody knows nobody knows What makes you love someone? Mm, What makes you love someone? Is it your humor or your pretty face? Your heartfelt words as you say the grace? Is it the way you look at the children? Your loving eyes as you touch their face? Nobody knows. Nobody knows what makes you love someone. What makes you love someone?
The Loyal Littles Podcast is produced by the WTFC Podcast Network and edited by Louis B. Crocco. And the Loyal Littles Podcast logo is designed and drawn by Eric Lonergan. Lots of bones to pick with that particular individual. Oh, yeah.